Welcome to Choir Talks. Um, this is our weekly podcast, which is an, uh, my devotional talk with the choir on Wednesday nights in our rehearsal. However, it's hopefully something that will speak to you and you might use in your own personal devotion time during the week. So we're glad that you joined us here this week. Today, um, I want to see if you can identify with me. Do you remember those awkward days back in school when you were maybe in elementary school and and you had to choose up uh, teams for something on the playground? Uh, well, for me, those were bad memories. I was usually the last person or near the end of the line being chosen. Um, and so we all know from elementary school that there's just this pecking order established early on that shows uh, the strong and the weak, the athletic and the not so athletic. And uh, so we learn early on that the world uh, rewards the strong but rejects the weak. So today as we read, I want you to see something really interesting and that's this, God chooses weakness. Here's uh, the first chapter of Corinthians. Um, I'll be reading the first chapter of Corinthians for the next couple of weeks, so you might just start reading that along with me if you would. This is chapter one that we're gonna read uh, today. Um, and just to give you a little background on first Corinthians before we read the text, 1 Corinthians um, was one of several letters that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. We only have two of them um, that have survived. He started that church himself. You could read about that in Acts chapter 18. He met uh, in that city uh, two Jews, Priscilla and Aquila, and they were early leaders that helped him develop a church. Uh, the church was uh, a mixture of Jewish people living in Corinth and, of course, the Greeks who lived there. Corinth was a very important city. It was near Athens, uh, which was, uh, Athens, if you remember from your school, uh, was the hub of the epicenter for all the world for uh, wisdom and philosophy. And uh, so the people in Greece really valued wisdom. They valued philosophy, and that's what really impressed them. The Jews, on the other hand, valued uh, signs. They valued uh, shows of God's favor or God's power over something to show that, that, that God was putting his stamp of approval on it. So as Paul began to share the gospel and talk about Christ being crucified on the cross, that didn't make sense to either one of those groups. Both of them were stuck on that. To, um, to the, the Greeks, uh, it just seemed like foolishness instead of wisdom that, that a God would send his son to earth but that son would die on a cross. To the Jews, on the other hand, it did not seem like a sign at all. It seemed like a sign of God's disapproval rather than God's favor. In the Jewish scripture, um, it even says that someone who uh, dies on a tree on a cross is cursed. So in their minds, how could this be a sign that this person was the Messiah? Um, so let's, let's read the text. Starting in verse 17 of chapter 1. For Christ did not send me to baptize, Paul is speaking here, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of his power. You're going to see the word power come out a lot here. He's talking about the power of the cross to change the lives and hearts of people and to bring them into relationship with, with Jesus. Verse 18, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, 
I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. The intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. And then Paul challenged them. He says, uh, challenges them. He says, where is the wise person? Where's the teacher of the law? Where's the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Jews demand a sign. Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. It's a stumbling block to Jews. It's foolishness to Gentiles, but to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. The Corinthian church lived in a culture that was very sure of itself. Uh, I think sometimes our culture mirrors that culture a little bit. We have more knowledge than any other generation before us by, by far. I think sometimes as children of this culture, we struggle to uh, see God's wisdom. And in fact, we're more enamored of the, all the knowledge that we have and the wisdom that we perceive in that. Um, and, the, and the teachings of God sometimes seem a little naive to our culture. But this truth prevails as this word we just read says this, the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. So let's bring it down to a, from that macro society level down to us. What, what about me? What do I really believe? Do I believe in the power of the cross? Um, here's, listen to these verses again that we just read. Verse 17, I didn't come to preach lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Again, in verse 18, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it's the power of God. We preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews, foolishness to the Greeks, but to those whom it is called, is the, it's the power of God. There's power in that gospel. And uh, do I believe that? Do I believe that enough to allow uh, that, that gospel to be spoken and shown to the world through me? Listen to uh, the, the last verses in this chapter. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one could boast before him. Hey, we're going back to that weakness thing, going back to that idea of being chosen last. Um, but we are chosen by God, as the word just told us right there. Um, he, he chose us even in our weakness. He says, um, not, not necessarily wise, not of noble birth. Uh, he says he chose the foolish things, the weak things, um, the lowly things. So uh, I guess I'm saying welcome to the losers club. You know, if we're the weak and the lowly and the despised and the rejected, and yet God chose us, and so we're not losers anymore. In the kingdom of God, we are his children, and God has chosen us even in our weakness, even in spite of what we lack. God chose us. And he chose us so that the power of the cross would be displayed in us. The, the beauty of the power of the cross is even mag more magnified because, because of our weakness. Our weakness casts a light on God and on his glory. 
and the glory of his plan of salvation. So here's what's awesome about that. You don't have to be strong. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to be influential to be effective in God's kingdom. You have to show the life that God has changed in you through his power. It is when you are not any of those other things, when the power of God is most obvious in you, in your changed life. And then he ends with this verse, Therefore it is written, Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. So today, weak or not, boast in the Lord. Let people see the changed life that God has wrought in you. Let the word of the gospel come out of your mouth and believe that, that in spite of your weakness, God will use it to change the lives of people around you. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that you chose me and that you chose these friends who are listening today, even in spite of our weakness, God, that your strength applies to our life and works through us in powerful ways, Father. And God, I, I lift up these friends who are listening today. Let the, let the power of the gospel shine through them everywhere that they go. Father, I pray that, that your kingdom would grow and new uh, people would turn to you and their lives would be changed, God, and they would, they would see you for who you truly are through the weakness of those who are listening today. God, use us, and I ask it in Jesus' name. Before we sign off today, I want to invite you to join us here at Ridgecrest for worship this week, either here in the house or you could find us on Facebook or on YouTube. Either way, we'd love to have you. We're going to be talking about knowing God in the sermon, and we're going to sing some great songs that point us to the greatness of God and to our relationship with Him and His goodness. So we're going to just open our hearts and worship Him and seek to know Him better. We'd love to have you this week. Thank you.